Hey y'all, hey. welcome to Embodied. We have a really fun subject for you today. Today we are yes. going to be talking about sexual freedom. Um, so today's episode is basically all about sexual freedom and the levels of intimacy that are comfortable for you. So I just want to start off by saying I will not be judged by you or society. Samantha, sex in the city. Gotta love some sex in the city. Samantha is my spirit. She is my jam. Do you remember that episode where they were all sitting in the bathroom stalls and they were passing tampons or pads or whatever to each other because they were all on their periods at the same time? So it got to Samantha and she pushed it away. She pushed the hand away. And they were all sitting there like, whoa. And they came out and they're like, oh my gosh, are you pregnant? Oh, you're going through menopause. Yes, yes. And she went through this like whole thing, you know. She didn't know if she was supposed to be happy about it or if she's supposed to be sad about it. But Samantha, she ended up with, I'm free. Yes. Yes, I am sexually free. Yes. You know, she was already like that, but something about that that just like took her to the next level. Always been sexually free. Yes. But now she's like, I don't have to worry about having a baby because we all know Samantha loved the sex, but she was not using it for procreating. No, it was all about those orgasms. Yeah. Um, My personal favorite episode was. You know, Carrie always did her research for Sex in the City, her column. Right. And in that episode, since we're about to talk about being promiscuous, she um, basically embodied Samantha. Mm -hmm. And as they say, fuck like a man. Whoa, yeah, yeah. So if you're a man and you're out and you have multiple partners and you sleep around, you're considered a stud. But if you're a female... And you do that. You have multiple partners. You sleep around. Basically, sex without emotion. Mm-hmm. Sex without commitment. Sex without attachment. You're considered a slut. But Samantha, she takes that power back. She doesn't care. She owns it. She wants to have sex without commitment. She wants to have one night stands. She wants multiple right. partners. Right. She embodies promiscuous sex. And although Carrie didn't understand it she always embraced samantha for who she was right so when she was doing this research carrie really did the research yeah she ran into an old fling of hers that she's hooked up with more than once and he (laughs) finishes and he leaves and that always hurt carrie because she let emotions be involved right well she happened to run into him and when she ran into him she had this aha moment i'm gonna try it so Carrie brings dude back to her apartment. Asks okay. him if he wants to hook up. Of course he says yes. Of course. They get up there. He goes down on Carrie. She finishes. Basically says thank you and just lays there. And he goes, well, my turn. And she looks at him and she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I have an article to write or a deadline or something. I, I got to go. Can Maybe some other time. His face was like, huh? And then he took off, and then she felt her inner Samantha. She felt empowered, embodied, like, I can do it, too. Right, right, I can do this without emotion. Right. So that's where, right now, we're going to start with talking about promiscuous sex. Yes. So to me, personally, being promiscuous... All right, so 
you know, we talked about the triad, the quad, the fidelity. Now to talk about the V. The V. And we're not talking about my vagina. We're not talking about your vagina right now. Not, maybe later. Okay. okay, Um, okay, So as far as the V goes, this is where if you're poly V, one person is dating two or more different people, but those people are not dating one another. Samantha. No, Samantha doesn't tell them about each other. Oh, but... So that's the difference, and that is where I actually did... I, I have a friend who, um, he is, well, I asked him what he is. I said, are you Polly? When he explained. His, okay. His name is Q. He's a really good friend of mine. And, and he said, I don't know. He, he couldn't, like, he knows he wants to be with multiple people. Mm-hmm. He knows he doesn't want to be tied down to one person. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's honest with these people. Like okay. He doesn't hide it. Like right off the bat, when he's getting to know somebody, he lets them know um, that, you know, here's what I'm into. And he said it best to me. He said, my ideal monogamy is different than another person's ideal of monogamy. Okay. Because to him... He has a partner that he's been with for two years, mm-hmm. and he's with other people, and she's with other people, but they're honest with each other about it. And the people he's with, he dates them. Mm-hmm. So if he meets another girl and wants to be with that other girl, his partner knows about that, okay. and he's safe. And, and she he, respects that. Yes, and she respects it, and he dates them. He's literally dating. So he just wants the freedom that... If he meets someone and he connects with someone because he needs connection, that's where he's not promiscuous. He needs to have a connection, intimacy. Mm-hmm. He is not just going to hook up with someone without emotion. Right. But it's connection to a level where he's still able to be with more than one person, but he's connecting with all of them. Gotcha. So he just wants, and he called it, he said, I just want the freedom to do what I feel mm-hmm. and not be judged. And he's honest about it. Mm-hmm. And when he's, let's say, I don't know how many girls he's dating right now. Let's say he's dating three. Mm-hmm. He is dating them. He is courting them. He is taking them out on dates. Right. When they are with him, they have his undivided attention. Right. Okay. And um, he's treating it all like a relationship, but they all know about each other and that's okay. Okay. And so when I asked him... Do you know what you are? Do you think you're poly? He was very like, I don't know. But everything he explained was poly to me. So I told him what I researched and I learned about poly. Mm-hmm. And I asked him, what category do you think you would fall in? And he said, V. Okay. He said, V would be something I would fall into. Because he is dating multiple people, but they're not dating each other. Okay. Um, him and the main girl he's been dating the longest like to go to swinger clubs together. Okay. And at these swinger clubs, they will play. Okay. Um, he so much doesn't play there. She plays more there mm-hmm. because he needs that connection. Okay. Okay. So that is what he would fall into. And I love that about him. And I love mm-hmm. his honesty. I love the respect about it. I mean, it's just like we know that we have a relationship and we have a companionship. Yeah. But we can go and develop other relationships or friendships, if you want to call them friendships. 
yeah. you know, but our connection is the main connection. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and when you say that, that means that if you're sick, if we're sick, or if, you know, we have something major going on in our lives, who do we turn to? Who do we go to? Our main companion. Yes. You know? And they respect each other. Mm-hmm. And they're safe. Right. Like, they practice safe sex. Mm-hmm. They're not going to bring something home to one of their partners or suddenly, oh, right. hey, I'm having a baby with this one. It, it's all about being honest. And mm-hmm. if, if someone's honest with you and you want to enter that type of relationship, I think it's amazing. Like, you do right. you. And then um, this This is, makes me think of, um, I can't believe I, I just this just came to my mind. Um, there's a couple. It's like a... a, a black Hollywood couple in the 60s and 70s and 80s, well, even the 50s, you know, the black community saw this one couple, uh, Ruby D and Ozzie Davis, and they were the epitome of the, the it marriage, the, uh-huh. you know, this beautiful marriage. And then later on in life, um, they admitted to what was the, the key to their relationship, their marriage. They had an open marriage. And what they did, they dated other people. Yeah. And even they even traveled with their people that they were in those other relationships with. So they invented poly. They did. And they <laughs> they respected that. And they yeah. broke up with those people, but they still had their marriage. They yeah. still even had kids together. So everyone was shocked by that. You know, <gasps> I can't believe that. But they were the happiest couple that we saw at the time, but no one knew that. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love, I love it. it. Yeah. They uh-huh. made it, they made it work for their marriage and mm-hmm. they were both in agreement because I feel like in any type of relationship, like my friend asked me if I would ever be able to be in a poly relationship. Right. And, um, I look at it as, Hmm, that'd be nice, you know. But but I'm jealous. <laughs> uh-uh. I know that's what I was I, like. I, I, I was like, admit, keep it real. Like, tell tell the truth. MJ over here. Yeah. She don't like to share. No, no, no. no I don't no, want to no, share no. my man. No. In all no, of no. this research, it made me realize that I'm I'm monogamous. Very. I'm monogamous because I don't want to share my man with anybody mm-hmm. else. And and people should respect that. Yes. And absolutely. Q. Q respected that, right? Yes. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I just don't share. But I, I love the whole poly thing because what I love about it is um, polyamorous people, they don't have a structured setup. Mm-hmm. They simply have multiple romantic relationships going with the flow as they meet new people. Right. And I think that's beautiful. Yes, it is. I I'm love it. Because I'm all about letting it flow organically. When I meet a man, mm-hmm. they're like, what are you into? What do you like? I just want to let, like, get to know you and vibe and let it all flow organically. And Polly, ha- that's what they do. But they do it in a bigger spectrum than just one person. Respectful. Yeah. Very respectful. And you keep saying the word and safe. I love that. I, you know how you said, like, the main girl. Mm-hmm. So that actually lies not so much in the V, but in polyamory, they also have a hierarchy. Okay. And um, so you're either in a hierarchy type situation mm-hmm. or you're not. And the hierarchy one, 
that is where one relationship is prioritized above the others. Mm -hmm. So you might be married and consider that person your primary or one girl you've just been with the longest and you two started this journey together or one guy, Mm -hmm. you started this journey together, they are your hierarchy Mm -hmm. and they come before the others. Right. In in that type of poly, that's known and that's explained and that's like, this is the queen bee. And I actually do have a friend. You said it. You said the queen bee. Whenever I, you know, I'm learning all this from you. This is all shocking to me. But whenever I think of poly groups and whenever you see like uh, magazine um, articles or stuff on TV, guess who's always at the top? A woman. Yeah. You always see a woman at the top and then she'll have the two men. Mm-hmm. You know, the woman is the head of those households. So I think out of all of our social and cultural relationships that we may have, that may be, it's not for me though, that may be onto something. The Women have more freedom within poly groups, it sounds like. They have yeah. more respect. Yeah. You know, it's respectful. You know, men or other women respect women within the, those relationships. Because in these poly groups, I think the reason you have that more is because it is a romantic relationship. That's okay. why these men are showing these women respect. They want romance with them. They Got want it. to be romantically yeah. involved. Yeah. And um, I actually do have a friend who is poly. Okay. And that friend is embodies the whole hierarchy mm-hmm. part of it. Um, he flat out has a he has a baby with her. Like wow, they um they have a baby together. They've been together for many many years. Mm-hmm. They are open. They are poly. He here's the thing though. He sleeps with other women. Okay, she knows about it. She's okay with it, but she does not sleep with other men. That is her choice. Okay, she is allowed to. He's mm-hmm. never said she can't. Yeah. She chooses not to. He fulfills her. But she does seek fulfillment in other women. And sometimes they're with other women together. Sometimes she is on her own. But the one thing he's always said is when he has other women he's dating, this is the hierarchy. This is where this comes in. Okay. She comes first. And no one yeah. is to disrespect her. Yeah. And if you come in and try and act like you're above her or can take his time away from her, no, in turn no, no, you are no. disrespecting her and then he has no desire to build with you because he wants you to respect that she is the hierarchy respect 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 my friend who is v right is open and honest with everyone he's with my friend who is hierarchy is open and honest with any girl he Mm -hmm. dates she is the hierarchy she is my number one she will always come first so why can't these cheating okay these uh you're about to get sorry these promiscuous people why can't they do that? Why can't they just be respectful? Be open and honest. You know what? Hey. I think there are different levels with the promiscuous, though, because I think I, I wouldn't exactly. I think cheating is just cheating. Promiscuous people are just single and mm-hmm. and out there doing their thing. Now, if you're in a relationship, mm-hmm. you're not supposed to be promiscuous. You're supposed to be monogamous. So I wouldn't put them in the same category. To me, promiscuous is single. Mm-hmm. I mean, trust. I have had my mother, my sister, both call me a whore. Oh. And you know what my dad said it best once? Oh, Lila. <laughs> my dad said it best once. 
Yeah. When they were kind of on me, like, when are you going to settle down? When are you going to do oh, this? Oh, Steve. When are you going to do this? Um, he's like, she's single. Yeah. Don't call her a whore. She's single. Exactly. I'm doing what I want. I wasn't cheating on anybody. I wasn't hurting anybody. So I think that's where a lot of people assume if you're a cheater, you're promiscuous. No, that's not the case to mm-hmm. me. You, When you're being promiscuous, you are single and you are deciding to have sex without emotion and without attachment and with whomever you want. Right. That's monogamous shaming. That That's horrible. You know? Mm-hmm. And that go that goes, you know, well, with another thought. Monogamy. monogamy. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go into monogamy because, okay. hello, that is sexual freedom too. Right, right. You freely choose. To me, monogamy is one partner at a time rather than multiple partners. Right. Sexual or emotional. You right. You emotional right. relationship, sexual relationship, usually both. It mm-hmm. goes hand in hand. Um, that is monogamous. You choose to be with that one person. Right. And back in the day, mm-hmm. it was all about monogamy, 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 monogamy. Right. And you got shamed for being promiscuous. Right. In this day and age, there is there are way more promiscuous men and women. Mm-hmm. There are way more poly groups. Right. Um, there is room for sexual freedom. Oh, let and me ask you this. If you could choose any of those poly groups... Which one would you be? Any of those poly groups. Yep. Well, I would suck at poly because I get jealous, but it would have to be hierarchy and I'd have to be the main girl. I I would have to agree. Yes, I would have to be the queen, the queen bee. I would have to be the queen bee. Yep. It yep. would have to be that way. Yep. But it would never last for me because I'd... Even if he gave me all the attention to me, the thought of him being with another woman, I am a mm-hmm. Taurus. No, I want to. I want to be. If if we could mix, you know, a couple of them or take a few of, you know, you like little things out of all of that's them. That's the beauty of sexual freedom. Mix and match it. What would you be? I would be the the hierarchical uh, queen bee, but th- my two men with me. They couldn't be with anyone else. They're they're supposed to be attentive to me. You so know? you would be a mix between V, mm-hmm. but you would be the one person who is dating two different people, and those two different people are not dating right one another. Right, and um, so in turn, you would be the queen. You'd be in charge of this relationship. Right, where in the hierarchical, the point is whoever it is, whether it be. The female or the male that's in charge of the group, mm-hmm. that they're still with multiple people. There's just that one person is above the others. Right. Which is usually the person you're married to or in a relationship with. Mm-hmm. So, Or I'd want both of them to live with me. We'd have our own. So then you're kind of in the throuple. Yeah. Yeah. So you are a triad V hierarchical poly queen. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. That's that is where we're gonna go with you. Yeah, I, I think that would be the best way. Well, to what do about? That. I mean, what about you? Does it sound like something that you would entertain, or would I you just mean, like well, to like just I meet said, if, different people? If I were to be Polly, yeah, um, it would definitely be a hierarchy thing. I would want to be the top girl. Yeah, but like I said, my jealousy—I can't do it. I cannot share. And <laughs> if if I were to say. I can be with other people, but you can't, then that's not poly. That's not fair. Right. 
So I'm going to stick with the tried and true and what all this research taught me because I don't know if you all know this, but and you'll hear a lot more on future shows, but MJ has been single for a long time. I've been in the dating game, on the dating sites. Yeah. I've been single for a long time. Doing the research with the show made me realize what am I? You know, am I promiscuous? Am I poly? Am I this? Am I that? At the end of the day, Miss MJ is all about that monogamy. I just yeah. haven't found that person yet. Gotcha. gotcha. And to me, like I said, the monogamy is one partner at a time, emotionally and physically. Mm-hmm. When I date somebody, yeah, I give them my undivided attention. I do not like dating multiple people at once. Right, right. First of all, it's too distracting. Right. Like, who, who has time for that? Yeah, and you got and a lot of stuff I'm, going on, and, and you don't have time for that. I'm trying to build with a man... It's hard to build with that man when I've got, I'm talking to multiple other men. So I'm monogamous from the start. I'm monogamous from our first date. Mm -hmm. Even though we're just dating, I'm only going to date you while I get to know you. Right. And then um, that way I can better get to know you. Right. Without the distractions of other people. And while I'm dating you and getting to know you and we decide to go further... It's still only you. I start sleeping with you. It's only you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's only you till there's no more us. Right. That's right. how I do it. Right. And so, but I do feel in this day and age, monogamous people are the ones getting shamed now. And yeah. I found myself guilty of that. I've done this. And I actually called my sister and I apologized the other day when I was going through... Which, you know what, we didn't um, really get a chance to talk about it yet, but we're going to talk about a hoe phase. I had a hoe phase after a bad breakup. Right. And um, when I was going through that, I was feeling like, you know, I was living my best life. I'm feeling myself. All these men want me. They all find me beautiful. Like, I'm dating, dating, dating. Mm -hmm. And um, my sister would do her, calm down. When are you going to settle? When are you going to settle? And then I would say stuff to her like, you really want one dick for the rest of your life? You really want to be with the same person forever? Don't you get bored? What is wrong with you? Like, um, but now that I think about it, I don't want someone to shame me if I'm being promiscuous or going mm-hmm. through my whole phase. Right. So how dare I shame someone who's monogamous? Because right. it's sexual freedom in every way, shape, or in form, including monogamy. If you choose to be with one person, and now that I know that that is me, I want monogamy. I want that soul connection with one person. How dare I used to shame people for that in the past. Right. And I look at it now as maybe I was shaming her because I wanted that, but I didn't have it. <sighs> you know what I mean? That's powerful. And me dating around like, oh, all these men want me. Like, that's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They do. And they still do. <laughs> I'm hot. But, <laughs> and they still do. But do they want me? Mm-hmm. No, they want to have sex with me. They want this body. They want right. they want me in the moment. They don't want me forever. Right. So it was fun while it lasted. Yeah. But I don't want no whole phase. Now, do you I don't want, want to be, be poly? Do you want to be monogamous because that's just what you personally want, or are you buying into the the to the times. I mean, for, for, from the beginning, we've always been told as a woman that that should be our end goal is to pair off, to, 
to to become monogamous to be domesticated. Do you know what I'm saying? I totally know what you're saying. And yeah. no, it's not me going with the times because I have spent, if you ask any of my family members, mm-hmm. the majority of my life fighting monogamy and fighting being domesticated. Right. I don't want to get married. I don't want to have kids. Why do I have to cook and but clean? But society I will, want to will travel shame you the into world. that. I want to have fun, but society hasn't shamed me into that. To me, the way I look at it is I want that connection with one person. I've always only wanted one person. I just haven't found that one person yet. Right. I've, I've had every relationship I've been in has been monogamous. Mm-hmm. I don't cheat. Mm-hmm. They just weren't the one. And I've been in a lot of long relationships. Like, I was in an eight-year relationship. I think another, like, seven-year relationship. A four-year relationship. Like, I'm really aging myself right now. Oh, no, no, no. I have been in some really long relationships. But I did, in between each one of those relationships, go through that whole phase. You went through that whole phase. That whole phase. Now, now, men, on the other hand, when it comes to monogamy and stuff like that, other men will shame men for not being promiscuous. Mm-hmm. Being monogamous before marriage is weak. Yeah, that's the way that they feel. You know, so there are just different, different um, types of monogamous shaming, you know? And so, so... What about, I mean, the woman that doesn't want to to be domesticated. There are some women that I know of, they actually, you know, grew old by themselves. And if you did ask them, why didn't you get married? You didn't want kids? You know, stuff like that. They're like, no, I didn't want that in my life. And people in society will give them labels. Oh, she never got married. Oh, she never had kids. But a man, if you see a man that's older, well, he never got married. He never found the woman that could complete him. Yeah. Now, how does that sound? True. That's, that's pretty bad. It's, it's sad. Yeah. Why does it have to be that yeah. way? Yeah. But in these days and times, I mean, relationships, they don't last. Marriages are, you know, they don't last. So what about after you try to be monogamous and it didn't work. So, like you said, a lot of women, they go through that whole phase after that relationship. I agree a thousand percent. Yeah. Because that's what happened with me. Uh-huh. Like, I was monogamous. Yeah. And then they cheated. Or, you know, something bad happened. Right. And I think, in a way, um, that whole phase always happens after a long-term relationship or mm-hmm. a divorce goes bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very common in that phase to not stick to one person, to date around, to almost be promiscuous. Right. Um, not necessarily having multiple partners, but you might end up in a one night stand or, Mm -hmm. you know, just have fun for a few months with a guy that you know, it's not going to go anywhere. Right. Right. But they're just fulfilling you sexually. Right. And the way I look at it with that whole phase is a lot of times, men and women, when they get hurt in relationships, mm-hmm. they feel less than. They Especially if you get cheated on. Yes. When you get cheated on, that is just like, am I not pretty enough? You know, my body's changed over the years. I've, mm-hmm. 
I've had a baby, I've gained weight, is he not attracted to me anymore? Is it? And that's why I think the whole phase gets a bad name. Because there's nothing wrong with that whole phase. Not at all. Because in that whole phase, I have noticed you meet someone who's not going to be there for a long time. For me, Mm -hmm. it's usually... The whole phase for me is I usually meet a guy after a breakup and I'm only with him for a short period of time, like two, three months. Mm -hmm. And I know he's not the one for me, Mm -hmm. but he's the one in the moment who is reminding me that I'm beautiful, that I'm desired, Uh and is bringing me back to life. Right. And I'm having fun and I'm, and, and I'm gaining my confidence back. And then it's like, yes, MJ is back. Mm -hmm. I'm good. And then I can move on to that next monogamous relationship. Right, right. So in my opinion, with the whole phase, you go ho. <laughs> you go ho. you need to do to bring you back to you. Yes, to bring because you back to life. it's exactly what it is. That is just a phase, not a choice. Exactly. Promiscuous is a choice. Mm-hmm. Poly is a choice. Monogamy is a choice. That's right. And the whole phase is what it is. It's a phase. You go, go ho. ho. You go ho. My grandmother, uh, she was like one of those prim and proper type women. She's the one that told me that you should have a form of pearl on every day. But to hear her friends sit around, I'm like, woo, you got to clutch your pearls when you're listening to okay, later. Thank yes. you. I was about to get to that. I was going to yeah. ask you, when I tell you some oh. of my dating stories, is that why you clutch your pearls? Yes. That's why I'm like, so you girl. So from your grandmother. Yes. So, okay. Girl. Okay. But her, one of her best friends, she said, you know what? The best way to get over a man is to get under another one. Ha! I've heard that too. Yes. And I've said that to people too. And she said, <laughs> you know what? Men are like trains. You get off of one, there's always another one behind it. I was like, Miss Ruby, ooh, okay. But now that I'm older, I'm like, aha, aha, aha. But that's why I always, with the whole phase two, talk about, um, I'm going to use a friend, for example. Um, Yeah. She's divorced. Right. Um, She's been with the same man for probably 15 years. Yeah. You know, they share a kid together. Um, They're divorced now, and... Like, right after it happened, mm-hmm. she reconnected with someone that she actually was with 20 years ago. Okay. You know? Okay. And I really like him and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, whoa, slow your roll, slow your roll. Yeah. Right now, you're on the rebound. And the rebound is usually when you go through your hoe phase. Okay. And so I'm like, if you genuinely like this person and want to date this person, you need to stop for a minute. Because you can't jump from a marriage right into another relationship. No. You gotta heal first or yeah. go through your whole phase, whatever it is. You gotta take some baggage or with you this, into the new relationship. Yeah. Or this person that you're thinking you wanna be your new next relationship, right. They're gonna become your rebound. Ah. And if that's not where you want them, then you need to heal yourself first and do what you need to do mm-hmm. to get past everything so you can enter into a relationship ready. Right, right. Ready for that. Right. Completely ready. Right. You're and talking about marriages. That person didn't take my advice. Oh, no. That person was not ready. Yeah. But still was like all about that guy. But that guy could sense the not ready. The not ready. The not ready. So what happened and with the relationship? He walked away from it. No. Yeah. No. Because he didn't feel she was ready. He was a priority. 
and now she's so sad, but I'm like, see what happened was you didn't listen to me and he became the rebound and that's why he's gone because now he's hurt. No. Yeah. So now she's going to just, she doesn't want to go through a whole phase and that's fine. You don't have to, Mm -hmm. you can heal too. You can take time off and just work on loving yourself. You don't need a whole phase to fulfill you. Right. Or remind you that you're beautiful. You can Mm -hmm. do that on your own. Right. And so now she's taking the time to just be alone. Right. And do some inner work and heal herself on her own because she is a serial monogamous and she is going to want that next monogamous relationship. Gotcha. And I respect that. But the way I look at it, too, because she was so heartbroken because he's gone. And now he just, he wasn't the one for you, sis. Because if he was the one for you, he wouldn't be gone right now. He would understand that he knew you just got divorced. He knows everything you've been through. Mm. So he would be a little more patient and be like, you know what? You're not ready now. So let's just be friends and take a break. But instead, he was like, "Eh, you out my life completely. So it'll be another 20 years before they try to reconnect So maybe at the, at the assisted living home? In my opinion, that was kind of a you're, he's not the one vibe that I got. Because if he was the one, he wouldn't have just exited her life. Like He could have been the one, but not right now. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. There is Mr. Right, Mr. Right Now. Like, yeah. There really is. Wow. I believe in that. You know, so, um, my mother, um, I can remember when my mom was in her 50s. And marriages, they don't work out. A number of her friends, they got out of these long marriages, and their kids are like my age, and they end up going after younger men. And a few of them got pregnant. I was like, Mama, what? She's, she's in her late 40s. You know, and she got pregnant. Her oldest kid is in their 20s, but what's going on? And she's like, she got with that younger man. (laughs) She got out of that marriage girl. And she said, you know what? I got to do something different. And, uh, yeah, they had their little whole phase, but with the younger men and, uh, yeah. All right. Y'all, when you're going through your whole phase or you're being promiscuous, practice safe sex. Yes. Please. Yes. Please, please, please. And not even just for the pregnancy aspect, because to me, a baby is a blessing, whether it comes out of wedlock or love or marriage. At the end of the day, God gave you this human to mold and mm-hmm. love. Right. So a baby's always a blessing. But if you're going to be promiscuous and you're going to be in a whole phase, you need to be real. Mm-hmm. And that's, I'm going to jump the gun. We still have some more to talk about for sexual freedom. But I'm going to jump the gun and talk about sexual health. Okay. And I just want to say one thing. One in every four people carries an STD. Ooh. Okay. So I feel like that's all I need to say to you all about I think sexual freedom is great. I think you should be able to be promiscuous, monogamous, whole phase, whatever you want. But at the end of the day, for your health and the health of your partners, be safe. Mm-hmm. Just be safe. Yeah. Be safe. So. You're talking about uh, this just, oh my gosh, just, just reminded me of something. I was on I-75 um, in the afternoon, and I think I was going to Naples. And I saw this car. It was an SUV, and it had um, 
do you know those little scrunchy scrubbers that you use in the the shower? Oh, like those little little loofah? Yeah, those poofy things? Yeah. This car had two of them on it, like on the the back part of it. I was like, that's weird. That's a weird way to be able to point out your car in the parking lot. So weeks went by. My mind was going somewhere else. Yeah, I, I know. I know. So I'm looking at the news, and they're talking about one of the largest um, retirement communities in the country, and it spans across like states. It's called the village. And everyone knows that the village, they are, they've retired to these villages and they have different sexual relationships. And those loofahs, those loofah little things that you see on their cars, the different colors show what type of sexual relationships that they're into. Wow. Yes. The teal blue, they're swingers. So kind of like at Temptation in Cancun, the Cherry Poppers Club. Yes. The, bracelet. The, the peach color. Yeah. They're bisexual. Okay. Yeah. So you may have the little teal blue. You may have the peach color loofah on your lo- loofah scrubber on your car. So they're letting you know without coming out and saying it. Yes. I like that. Yes. I like that. So, yeah, we need to have a whole nother show on that. Yeah, that's definitely a whole nother show. Yeah, yeah. Especially in the retired community and all that. Yes. I think that's great. But they're that- not they're not practicing safe sex, though. There's oh. a lot of um, STDs and stuff STDs like that. I hear high in nursing homes, and I'm just impressed. A retirement community. And I'm sitting over here impressed that they're getting it in. You go and home. now I'm like, I need to go there with a box of condoms <laughs> and educate the elderly. Because, <laughs> come on, y'all are the ones who used to educate us on How are you going to go to grandma with the cotton I top hair know. and talk to How do you start a conversation with her about condoms? I mean... Practice what you preach, Grandma. You She's over me. bingo. She's over bingo. And you're going to go and take her over to the but side you know and ask I her about even, condoms? I can't even say practice what you preach, Grandma, because let's be real. Grandma didn't have that talk with me. Mommy did. Auntie Rosie did. Um, grandma would have just flat out, if I would have said, you know, talk to me about condoms or birth control, she would have said it's called abstinence, darling. Oh, wow. You're not... Married, you don't have sex. Oh, wow. Period. Wow. That's that's that day and age. But then when they retire to these retirement communities and assisted living places, then they just let it all go? My grandma's clutching her pearls in heaven right now saying, Mandy, stop this conversation, oh, young lady. I'm just saying, stop I'm, I'm still trying to ask. You're not, ask, you're not answering the question. How are you going to go to grandma that's got like 10 grandkids and her husband is, she's a widow and she, she's over bingo. How are you going to talk to her? How are you going to lead this group right, conversation? I got, I got it. Okay. Okay. How are you going to tell them about? They love playing games. Okay. In the homes. They love their bingo. They love different types of games. So I'm going to get a pinata. Oh my God. And I'm going to fill it with condoms. Oh blue, my God. You know, whatever. Toys. All the fun stuff. Oh my God. And 
they're going to hit the pinata, and then we're going to give them their little goodie bags. We're not having them scramble for it. We don't want grandma breaking a hip. Oh, my God. So we're going to give them their little goodie bags, and everybody's going to get some condoms. They're going to get some lube. They're going to get some little toys. You get some lube. You yeah. get some lube. I'm going to be like, you Oprah. Get some lube. And then when they're looking through it, and they're looking at me, yes. then that's going to open it up for the discussion. And then I'm going to do it like a health class for the teenagers, and I'm going to bring out... They're going to bring out the little thing and they'll be like, um, MJ, what, what's this? It says rabbit on the box. Do you know what, what I'm going to do, though? What? As far as the STD talk with them? Yeah. I'm going to do it like I did for my daughter. I am going to show pictures of them. Oh, yep, my God. You, I did. I may have traumatized her, but what better way to stare, scare your kid out of having sex than to show them pictures of what could happen to their lady parts or male parts if they're having unprotected sex, because STDs are gross. And they'll be confused. They're like, okay, is this just a normal shrivel up thing because it's been, because I'm 80 years old? Or is this oozing not normal? Um, I, oh, you know what? I'm going to let you handle the combo. I'm no. Gonna, nope. No. Okay. I already called it. No. I called it. I'm no. The, I'm the pinata girl, and no. you're talking to them. No. You're talking to old G-Ma and Pop Pop, and that's it. No. That's it. I'm, I'm just asking you, how are you going to explain this? I mean, is this I, a natural I, oozing? I'm I, not, because they're my elders. And you know what? You know what, Grandma Pops? You do you. You do you, boo. You go ho. Um, she's got to go to the community like you go. Yes. Yes. So now that though, we've covered like being promiscuous and your whole phase and monogamous and poly and sexual health with MJ, everybody thinks that that's it, right? No, it's not. Let's talk about the one that intrigued me the most. Okay. Okay. Spiritual connection through sex and intimacy. Yes. And tantric sex so tantra Uh basically combines movement breath meditation and body work okay to assist in opening the chakras okay and allowing a dormant energy which is your kundalini to move up from the pelvis and along the spine okay so you're basically spiritually connecting and you're working with energies and and with the Tantra, they literally try and withhold from finishing and to make it last longer. It's more about connecting. So no climax. I mean, you can get there. No, I, I'm, I don't want the no climax, climax thing. I like the spiritual connection thing. Okay. Because um, from the research I've done with this, with the body work, the breath, the meditation, mm-hmm. it is like nonstop pleasure. Wow. Because you're connecting. Okay. And I'm big on vibes and connection. Mm-hmm. If I'm not vibing with you and I'm not feeling a connection, I, I can't. I just can't. Like, you're, you're not getting in there unless I feel that connection. Okay. And um, that's why I was so intrigued by the Tantra, which I think is something that I would definitely try with my monogamous partner. Mm-hmm. I really would. I would like to give it a try because it really is about embodying each other mm-hmm. and two becoming one. And I think that's beautiful. Very. Like, very. I think it's really beautiful. 
I mean, no words, just you're, you're conscious of their breathing, of their presence, of, you know, their touch and looking at each other. I mean, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And that goes, and I think the tantric is where I'm all about energy. Mm -hmm. I'm an energy freak. Like I can feel the energy in a room. If your energy is off, I don't fuck with you. (laughs) I am, I've come to a point in my life as an empath, and I'm sure you can agree because you are an empath as well. As an empath, you have to learn how to shut it off because you're Uh literally taking in other people's energy. Yes. Well, it doesn't, it's not just an empath. Any of us can take an energy. You Mm -hmm. do not have to be an empath to take an energy. Energy exchange is real. Mm -hmm. And we are energetic bodies. We Mm -hmm. are. Right. Um, We are a whole force field of energy Mm -hmm. rolling through all our chakras. And during sex, your energies are mixing. Yes. And that is where the kundalini and the tantric sex and um, getting into your ka body comes from. So me, you got to be mindful of your partner. You really have to be mindful. And that's where, especially it comes hard when you're being promiscuous, are you taking the time to read their energy? Mm-hmm. Because if your partner is negative and holding anger and ugh, yeah. all this inside of them, and you're you're mixing your energies with these people, you're you're taking it in, right? Um, what so if you're mad at each other and and you're having sex? The I hate mean, fuck. Oh, the hate fuck. Yeah. Okay. The hate fuck. I thought about that a mm-hmm. little bit when I was talking about the energies because me. Personally, I was in a long-term relationship. We were together for eight years, and towards right. the end, we we did hate each other. There was no love there. So it was a lot of but hate fucking. We still had sex. Hate fucking. Yeah, and back then I'm just like, whatever. I got mine, and he was probably thinking the same way he got his. Mm-hmm. But now that I look back at it, I'm like, how unhealthy was that? We were just exchanging bad energy. And so how do you get rid of that? For the result of an orgasm. So one thing I will say definitely when it comes to um, who you decide to let inside of you or go inside as a man, be mindful that you are taking on their energy. Yeah. And they're taking on your energy and you're exchanging it. And to me, um, the best sex is going to come from good energy. Yeah. Being on the same vibe and... um, that's what I want with my monogamous partner is, first of all, I'm not even going to be in a monogamous relationship. I'm not going to be in any type of relationship unless I'm digging your energy. Right. If you're, if I don't dig your energy or your vibe or feel that connection, sorry, son, you ain't for me. Yes. Like, thanks, no thanks. I'll, I'll pass. So with the energy, there are, we're not, like, we've all been there. Mm-hmm. We've, we've all had that low vibrational person or the bad energy. So one way I learned um, to get rid of the energy, because next we're going to talk about the sacral chakra. Mm-hmm. Um, and your We're going to have a wonderful chakra, guest too. I cannot wait. Yes. Your sacral chakra is your womb. And your womb is where you hold that energy. Right. So, um, well, for the men, it's not necessarily what you would call your womb, but your sacral chakra is below your belly button and Mm -hmm. and you hold that energy there. So one thing I learned about ridding myself of that negative energy, and it doesn't even have to be just through sex, 
you hold your trauma there of right. past things that happened to you, right. whether it be sexual trauma, whether you were raped or molested, or it just be trauma in general, you hold it all in your sacral. Right. So I met a person who introduced me actually to yoni eggs. And um, I personally have a jade egg, and you do a yoni egg meditation. And in this yoni egg meditation, they teach you how to do the different breath work and movements, not only for your sexual health, are you strengthening your vaginal wall? It's kind of like, you know, doing your Kegels, Mm -hmm. strengthening the muscles, um, the energies from the different crystals and the eggs and doing these meditations. Mm -hmm. You are literally in a way doing your own Kundalini work without a partner and you're, it's moving and it's flowing through your chakras. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's unblocking your chakras and it's cleansing your womb and it's taking away that bad energy. Right. And um, I personally have used the yoni egg myself. And at first, I was just like, is this working? Is it doing the right thing? I'm not really feeling anything. I had to learn how to meditate correctly with it. And I had to learn how to do the breath work and relax and like give way to it. So it took some practice for me mm-hmm. and I was blessed to um, find someone too who would guide me through it. Like number one, don't be like, oh, MJ talked about yoni eggs. I got to go get me one and just go on Amazon and buy a yoni egg. No. You, make sure you're getting one from a good place. So I personally, with the yoni egg thing, I want to give a suggestion to anyone who's interested in learning more about the yoni egg and one thing the yoni egg will also help with is connecting with your divine feminine. Yes. So not just clearing those bad energies, not just strengthening your vaginal walls, also coming into connection with your divine feminine. I would suggest um, contacting Anne Marie. Anne Marie is all about woman's sensuality, spiritual embodiment. Um, she will direct you. You can actually buy your yoni egg off her site, and you'll know it is a legit great product, not you know dollar store yoni egg. <sighs> so, and yoni and Anne Marie also has yoni egg practices, yoni egg meditations. She will teach you how to get there. Wow. And so, if you want to contact Anne Marie, you can um, go to annemariepaul.love/shop. That's where you would find your yoni egg. So A-N-N-M-A-R-I-E-P-A-U-L dot love slash shop. You will find the yoni egg on there. And you will also be able to contact. There is a section on there where you can contact Anne-Marie personally. And then she can tell you about all of her services and how she can help you and guide you through that yoni egg practice. Wow. Where is she located? Um, I think last I talked to Anne-Marie, she was in Bali, Indonesia, where she has done the majority of her work. But Anne-Marie does travel around and helps women all over And online. I mean, if you're going to shop online, I mean, she she probably does courses or can work with you online. She does do online courses. 
Right. She does do online courses. So if you're not in Bali or wherever she is at mm-hmm. the moment, right, you can still join her for her online courses. And she will, I mean, right now I'm just talking about the Yoni Egg, but she offers so much more than just Yoni Egg practice. If you're a woman seeking that divine feminine, Anne Marie is your girl. Love it. Love, so love what it. about you, Danny? Do you have any ideas for cleansing and... Um, keeping that spiritual womb open? Or? Well, two things come to mind. You know, I'm a, a history buff and, and I love to, to learn about cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, two cultures that, that kind of stick out in my mind are um, the Jewish, the Jewish faith. Okay. They have something called a mikvah. Mikvah um, is where women, they go there after their um, menstrual, their menstrual cycles. Okay. After they give birth, or just whenever they are, they've gone through something traumatic, it's it's a place. Usually, a lot of the the Jewish communities they have a bathhouse, mm-hmm. and when you look at it from the outside, you would think it's probably like a swimming pool of some sort. But it's a place where women can go and actually cleanse themselves. Um, they're cleansing their souls. They're they, they're cleansing their bodies. It has to be. Um, um, pure water, okay. you know, um, that, that are, you know, that's inside of, of that, um, that pool, but you go there, women, they go there, they cleanse themselves after those things, because within the Jewish faith, uh, women during certain things, they're deemed dirty mm-hmm. or unclean. So they, you know, they can't touch dishes, they can't touch this, they can't, they can't touch that. But also, if you feel like that you are in turmoil or, you know, you have blockage, what you're talking about with the yoni egg, yeah, yeah. Jewish women, they go to a mikvah to cleanse themselves from that negative energy from their bodies, especially from their feminine uh, parts. Okay. And then um, another culture that sticks out in my mind, um, the Korean spas. You know, in Korea, um, they they were on you know every corner like McDonald's. You know, you'd had a, you'd ha- you'd have a sounds spa. much healthier than McDonald's. Yes, yeah, sounds very healthy. Um, but you would go to a spa, and and they even have Korean spas in the Western world. And one of the ones that I was familiar with, and a lot of my friends in Memphis would travel to Atlanta to go to for one service, and they would call it a hip bath. And the Korean women would put um, all these different herbs um, for all these different things inside of a bath. And you would like sit down into it, kind of like a sits bath bath that we kind of know of but it's like a sits bath on steroids so they have all these different herbs you can tell them that you're having problems with your periods or you have some type of sexual trauma okay you know rape uh molestation whatever or some type of sexual hang uh hang up um or even for health reasons um women that have given birth um, or they, they have some type of, um, unhealthy thing going on, like inflammation or, um, germs of some sort. Um, they go to these baths. Like, would it help with like ovarian cysts? Or yes. Fibroids yes. Or, okay. Yes. Um, okay. it's supposed to dis, 
disinfect the 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 toxins in your inside your womb, okay. inside your vagina. Um, so I mean, it has so many different properties. Now, can we find places like this around here? Um, I think probably. Well, uh, for our listeners, we live in uh, Southwest Florida. I think that the closest place to us would probably be Miami. Okay, so we're taking a little trip to Miami. Yes, road trip. You know me, and I love to do anything like the Korean spa had me at the herbal bath. Like, I yeah, like, I like yeah. to keep it holistic, and mm-hmm. um, even the Jewish bathhouse, the yeah. clean waters. The yeah. I'm very intrigued, and I must try this. Yeah, I must try and, and this. The the whole point of it all is is so many different cultures. You know, they secretly, you know, hush hush. They have been familiar with sexual health of women for from the beginning of time. Yeah. You know, even though, you know, women, we've always had to be hush-hush on our, uh, our sexual thoughts and our sexual um, health, they still had ways of trying to prevent things. Yes. To help things and to try to empower women even in times where we could not be powerful. So I, I think that. that we should we should seek out those things. Yes. Let's go back to the old, you know? Yeah. We're we, having it's issues. not even about going back to the old. We can combine yes. the old with the new and introduce it to each other because um, everybody thinks the whole being spiritual and holistic and all that is so new age. No, it's not. No. It's been around for years, like these bathhouses, these mm-hmm. herbal treatments, Spirituality is the yoni egg. We're coming to a point now in this day and age where more people are embracing it. Mm -hmm. So, with the new stuff we're learning now, like the yoni egg is something they didn't have back then. Mm -hmm. Combine that yoni egg with your herbal bath. Like, talk to each other, communicate. Right. Right. Let's um, the old and the young help each other find a way where we can all heal together. Right. Right. I'm gonna get Lila to use the yoni egg. Oh, Lila, I would love to hear about that. I've tried. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know what? I'm not going to get Lila to use an yoni because at the end of the day, you have to do what you're comfortable with. And right. And I should never push someone to do what they're not comfortable right. with. Right. But that being said, so if you remember our first episode, we started with chakras. Right. And um, the reason we picked the subject of sexual freedom for this episode is because we're going in order of the chakras. So we've okay. already went over the root chakra. Yes. And now we are at the sacral chakra. Right. And um, the sacral chakra is the second chakra. Um, it's located below the navel. The navel. So your lower abdomen by your genitals, you know, your sacrum, your lower back, hips. Um, the sacral chakra is actually in a way considered your sexual chakra. Okay. It is. Um, but what I love about the sacral chakra is I talked a little bit on how in your womb you hold that bad energy and you hold your trauma. Right. Um, you do hold a lot of bad there, but you don't want to associate all that with your sacral. There are ways to heal your sacral chakra. You don't... You do hold the trauma, but that's where you can heal. The sacral chakra is also associated with pleasure, sexuality, and joy. 
And that is where our whole sexual freedom thing came from. Yes. Um, It supports emotional and physical health aspects. It governs many of the body's fluids. Mm -hmm. Um, The kundalini energy I was talking about, it lies dormant in the base of your spine, right at the bottom, basically, of your sacral chakra. So when we do these works to balance our chakra and we work with our sacral chakra, not only are we cleaning out that bad energy, we are um, creating joy. We, it's creativity. That's where your creativity comes from. So keep your sacral chakra unblocked. Keep your sacral chakra healthy. And let it, instead of becoming a place of trauma, let it become a place of joy and creativity yes. and freedom and like manifest great stuff. And don't we have someone we're calling to talk about the Yes, we have yet? a wonderful guest. It's Saul from Live and Let Live. Oh, I got my life at that store. Oh, me too. I oh, got yeah. my life. And most of the crystals I have out right now, actually all of them, now that I'm looking at them, all of the crystals I have out right now, which um, when we give Sal a call, they're going to talk about, I have purchased at his metaphysical store in Pensacola's. Florida and these crystals I have out all have to do with the sacral chakra. So why don't we give them a call? What do you think? Yeah, uh, let's let's give them a call. Let's give them a call. All right.